0: Welcome to Do Tell, where we dwell on the everyday lovely. My name is Ryan, and it's my hope that this podcast encourages you in your relationship with God and helps you focus on the lovely life he has given you. Hello again, everyone. I really hope you had a great week. And i hope you were blessed by last week's episode i know i was i have listened to it three times already this week so for our dwelling moment today i want you to think about a person who is very important to you i want you to think about the moment where they became very important to you was it a few small things they did that finally revealed their character and their commitment to you or was it something really big proved they were someone that meant a lot to you. Take your time to dwell and thank God for this person in your life. You can pause this episode here, and when you are ready, go ahead and press play. As I discussed in the beginning of this episode, last week's episode has been such a blessing to me. And as I was preparing this week, God has me going with the same theme of being singly focused, So, last week was being singly focused on letting God be God, and today we are talking about being singly focused on the faithfulness of God. Last week, we discussed the importance and beauty in having a heart after God. We saw David's heart, how he valued what God valued, how he humbled himself and asked for forgiveness when he went astray, and how he loved people. I thought that message was pretty cut and dry, but then I realized, wait a minute. We talked about what a heart after God looks like, but we didn't talk about how to get a heart after God. How does your heart just all of a sudden say, I want to have a heart after God? I definitely wanted to make sure that we address this, as it is the most important thing in this life for us. So whether you already believe in God, or if you're not quite sure about him yet, you are going to learn some things today. So we are going to start in the word. Lord, we thank you that your word is alive and active and that as we read it and hear it today, it speaks to our individual hearts and you have new revelations for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go to Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, on the day when I took them by the hand, to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor, and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So how does our heart change? Well, our heart is changed the minute that we accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The minute that we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, to forgive us of our sins, and we accept that the only way that we have a relationship with God is because Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, that very minute, God gives us a new heart. He writes His law on our hearts, and we have a heart after Him. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago, when I read the parable about the soil. Now there is something that we need to do with our hearts to keep our hearts after God. We have to accept that this new heart and God's word is on good soil. We have to accept this soft heart towards him and his ways and want God to change our hearts in a way that only he can. But as we continue to leave our hearts open to him, he not only softens your heart to his ways, but opens your eyes to see places he has called you into. There are many ways that we can keep our heart after God, but I realize what helps me the most is focusing on his faithfulness. It is so easy to have faith in a faithful God. So today we are going to read some of my favorite stories that show God's faithfulness, and we are going to see for ourselves why it's easy to have a heart after God. Daniel 3, 16-28 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated, and he commanded certain men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. In this story, we see these people literally in an awful situation. These three men were thrown into a furnace. Now, these were men, just like us. And we know that if a human is thrown into a fire with no protective gear on, they're going to be burned, no doubt about it. Yet the story says that the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. I don't know about you, but if you've ever roasted s'mores over a campfire, even being near the fire, you smell like it. These men were standing in it, and not only did the heat not get to them, not even the smell got to them. And we see that God sent an angel to be there with them to protect them. They were not alone. If you needed to hear this today, here is an example you hold on to. You are no different than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is with you in the fire, and he is greater than every aspect of that fire, whatever it is. Another one of my favorite faithful God moments is in Daniel 6, verses 10 through 23. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree? that every man who petitions any god or man within thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute." which the king's establishes, may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God." Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den so Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him, because he believed in his God. Let me tell you something. Our God is the one true God, and he is for you. He has always been for you, and will always be for you. In this story, we see that Daniel knew his God would provide for him. and. Even the king was there and said, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. In every situation, we should know that our God is faithful and that he will deliver us. In all of the stories of the Bible, you will always see that God remains faithful to us humans. He always fulfills his end of the deal, his faithfulness remains. In the dwelling moment today, I asked you to consider a person who is important to you and the moment when they became important. I think for most of us, we truly value a person when we realize their faithfulness to us, when a person proves to us that they are with us through the highs and lows, that they offer their time or possessions to help us, that they do what they say they're going to do. That is when their importance in our lives is really established. It's easy to look past a person's imperfections when we know that they love us and have our best interest in mind. Well, let me tell you, God has no imperfections and he loves you and always has your best interest in mind. Through all of the stories today, we see that our hearts and our lives are safe with God. Truth is, God is the only one that is good. He is the only one that can truthfully, we can truthfully rely on to be ever-present with us and always loving towards us. The Bible says no one is good except the Father. As much as I love my family and friends, I don't have faith in them to be perfect. I don't have faith in them to always meet my needs, to always say the right thing or do the right thing. Unfortunately, as much as we love them and as much as they love us, we still live in this world and have moments of selfishness. We also can't read people's minds or truly know their hearts or desires or needs. But guess what? Our God knows our thoughts and our hearts. And he says in Psalm 103, I'm sorry, Psalm 139, 1 through 6, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my laying down. And are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. He is always with you, He will never forsake or never leave you. Our God is a good God. And he knows our thoughts, he knows our hearts, and he knows our needs and wants. And he is faithful to us always. So this theme came about this week because I was driving to work, listening to a random playlist, and a certain song hit differently than it has before. It's by Sanctus Real, called My God is Still the Same. And the lines that spoke to me were this. Just ask the waves if they are stilled at the mention of his name. They'll say, my God is still the same. Ask the walls if they still fall at the mighty sound of praise. They'll say, my God is still the same. When did he break his promise? When did his kindness fail? Never has, never will. My God is still the same. When did he lose his power? When did his mercy change? Never has, never will. My God is still the same. Just ask the waves if they still, at the mention of his name, is referring to the story of when the disciples were caught out in a storm at sea. Jesus was actually asleep and they were all afraid, but Jesus told the winds to be still, and they did just like that. Then the walls fall at the mighty sound of praise, is talking about the walls of Jericho where God gave the Israelites victory just by walking around the city walls for seven days and on the seventh day, blowing their trumpets and shouting their praise. I was just amazed at the wording of the song. The wind knows the power of God. The walls know the power of God. My goodness, shouldn't I know the power of God? This God, who was the God of the Israelites, who was the God of Daniel in the lion's den, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, the God of the disciples, the God of so many other stories in the Bible. This is the same God whom I've invited into my heart. There is nothing in this world that God doesn't have power over. All of creation knows the power of God. And if God can stop the wind and cause the walls to fall with a shout of praise, he can absolutely meet any need in my life. I will remember that my God, who is faithful to these people who had hearts after him, he will also be faithful to me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 9, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, what is one way that we can keep our hearts after God? It is to remember that he is a faithful God, it is to know his history and know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember, you are never alone. God is always with you, wanting the best for you, and everyone you encounter. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were encouraged in the fact that our God is a faithful God, and he has proved that from the very beginning and will remain faithful until the very end. I hope you remember to guard your heart towards God above all else, and do tell others what a faithful God you serve.